All right, welcome back, everyone. So this is our next segment of the Fancy Football Bros podcast. Uh, I, myself, and Mark Hogan, and with my co-host here, Derek Randall. Uh, hey, everyone. So, so, yeah, we're very excited to kick things off here today. Uh, it's going to be a special podcast following up on the announcement from last week. Uh, we're going to be hosting Andres from the John League onto the podcast uh, and really give his spin on a few things and introduce him to the show. So uh, really the agenda for today is a quick review of what happened from last week. Uh, introducing Andres here. Uh, we're also going to go ahead and take a look at uh, some of the voicemails uh, submitted from this past week, including from your commissioner, truly Jimmy Costin. And then afterwards, we'll go ahead and, and take a look at week four. So uh, without further ado, why don't we kick things off, Derek, and hit on the uh, Kuhar and Nate matchup. Man, I feel bad for Kuhar. So what do you what do you think about um, just looking at the outlook of, of, of Chris's team here? Yeah, you know, another, uh, another week, another upset of, of Kuhar. He's 0-3 now, and he really shouldn't be. Um, but, yeah, this, this week his team – Totally crap the bed. Uh, real unfortunate. A lot of a lot of guys not performing for him, and, and Nate takes away another win to go two and one. Yeah, and, and when I look at Kuhar's team, Larry Fitzgerald, he came back down to life, um, or really not back down to life, but he's just been non-existent. Um, Deshaun Jackson came back down to life, uh, but Larry Fitzgerald really not excited about his outlook with the way that Cardinals offense is looking. Josh Rosen does not look comfortable at all. And I, I don't think he's anywhere close to being ready for, to, to be a starter in this league. So no, not at um, all. really, really concerned about that. Um, I was actually listening to uh, a podcast this morning on Sirius XM. Charlie Weiss was talking about how he was watching the Cardinals game and at one point when they're down getting ready to go on the field, Josh Rosen is basically kind of like just joking around with some of his uh, teammates and stuff on the sideline. Uh, okay. And it's just like a bad sign. Like the guy should be preparing to go out there and, and, and make a drive to, to win the game. And alternatively, he's like, kind of, I guess like kind of messing around. So um, not to, not to, uh, high on Rosen, and that's going to be a direct correlation with how well Larry Fitzgerald, I think, does too. So, um, what what kind of effect do you think it's going to have on David Johnson? I mean, he can't get any worse, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the good thing about David Johnson is because his usage rate is just going to be so high. Um, he's going to get some catches out of the backfield too. That uh, really not terribly concerned about him, but I mean, he's downgraded, like. He's not going to bring you the results of a fourth overall pick kind of um, uh, pick there. So uh, with that being said, I mean, he, he'll probably return, you know, high-end second-round value when it's all said and done. So you, you think by the end of the year, I mean, if you've been watching any of these games, he's been completely misutilized. And I know the quarterback situation is pretty terrible, but it's starting to seem like the offensive coordinator is just completely lost and shouldn't have a job because he's mishandling David Johnson. Yeah, he is. Uh, and David Johnson's not going anywhere either, So, uh, especially after that extension. So, um, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm concerned 
David Johnson is not going to return the value of a top five pick, but um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, if he's still like RB six, RB seven by the end of the year. So, uh, let's, well, that'd be that bode well. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too terribly concerned just because of his usage rate. Uh, right. Chris and Thompson, I do, I do want to hit. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Can I jump in on yep. Djax for a second? Because yep. you mentioned him earlier. Uh, did you watch that Tampa Bay Pittsburgh game last night? Yeah, I did. So, yes, his totals are very Deshaun Jackson Jackson esque, um, but if you watch that game, he easily could have put up thirty points. He um, had that punt return for a touchdown that was called back, and then he was overthrown where he got wide open on a deep ball. He was overthrown by Fitz. So I think this is the best he's looked in the past five years. I mean, his Eagles days, really. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about Deshaun Jackson. So I, I agree with you. His numbers should be a little bit higher. The punt return would have been an extra six points. Um, I mean, but look, all receivers get overthrown. Um, it happens almost every single game. So I, I can't really say, I don't like the idea of saying, well, he should have had that because it even, but he got overthrown because that happens a lot. Um, and so in my opinion, I mean, yeah, he should have had a 12.7 game, uh, but he ended up with 6.7. So, uh, at the end of the day, he's coming back down to life and, and I don't think it wasn't the first two games was not sustainable. So what you mean to say is he's not a wide receiver one. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not what his numbers are. Um, you know, I, I would – man, I hate put, I hate slotting him in this category, but um, I would put him like a low-end wide receiver too at the end of the year. So You think he's that high even? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say he's a flex. I think he's a wide receiver too. Um Low end wide receiver two, high end WR three, but uh, really I think that at at the end of the year, just because of his hot start, like because of those numbers he got at the at the beginning of the season, like he's gonna be he he he's he's gonna be you know up there as like a top fifteen receiver. So uh, let's go ahead and yeah. move on though. Um, Chris Thompson was just another guy I wanted to hit on real quick. Uh, the Redskins offense, again, Adrian Peterson looked great. So he proved us wrong. Uh, what do you think about the long-term outcome of the Redskins backfield? Uh, it's going to be hard to predict. Um, I think Chris Thompson is going to be great when they're in a negative green script and they have to throw a lot. And AP is going to be irrelevant, um, not even startable. But then when they're projected to win, by a ton, Adrian Peterson is possibly an RB1. Um, and, and we couldn't have seen this Green Bay outcome approaching. Uh, they, they just lost to the Colts, Washington, that is. And Green Bay just tied with the Vikings. Um, yeah, and then Washington rolls in and, and beats the crap out of Green Bay. So it's going to be tough to predict all year long, I think. Yeah, I think he's going to be just real shoddy. Um you know, fortunately, and we won't talk about Adrian Peterson again when we get to his matchup, but um, I think Jack has him, right? Jack's team has him. And right, right. 
So fortunately for him, he can afford Adrian Peterson to not go off and still have a great week. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but just moving on, I think Kuhar's season really is looking gloom now that with now that you have Evan Ingram getting hurt too. So um, not too excited about the prospects of his team given, you know, starting off 0-3 as well, which is unfortunate because he had a pretty good two first weeks. Um, right. Any Anything stand out to you, though, from Nate's team at all before we go to the next matchup? Uh, just uh, Will Fuller. I don't know how sustainable his production is. Um, I don't know, especially with him being hurt so often, I guess. So the 21.1, it's it's nice when he's on the field to have 20-plus points, but uh, I would count on him missing another six games of the year. And Alvin Kamara, it's, it's getting to be ridiculous. He, 15 catches on 20 targets. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Yeah. How How is a running back targeted this much? Well, on a shootout, uh, and that's exactly what happened with Atlanta. Uh, and, and, you know, what I like moving forward between the Saints and between the Falcons is really the Saints defense. Uh, it, like we talked about last week, doesn't look as good. But even the Falcons, they have had a huge injury last week uh, to Keanu Neal. Um, I forget who got hurt this week, but at this point. Ricardo Allen. Uh, Ricardo Allen, yeah. So uh, they're looking pretty banged up and, you know, the Falcons too, they're going to end up in a bunch of shootouts. But the one thing I do want to hit on with uh, Nate's team is that I agree with you, Will Fuller or Keenan Allen. I mean, one of those two guys are going to get hurt at some point. Um, The good thing is though, he's, he's got Mike Williams. So, uh, and John Brown. So he's got, he's got some depth. Uh, He doesn't have depth at running back though. So, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, what he's going to do, you know, once, I guess he's going to start sticking Michelle in once once Mixon comes back to replace Bernard. But, um, I mean, it might be worth for him to look at trading at least one of those receivers on the bench and keeping the other to go ahead and replace for either Allen or Fuller, um, whoever might get hurt there. So, Absolutely. I mean, his RB2 is Gio Bernard, who's only going to be viable for a week or two more. And then uh, and look at his second quarterback, it's Case Keenum. So I think he might be in some trouble here as far as that goes. Uh, yeah. And I do, and he is the one who has Josh Gordon. And is, isn't that interesting? Um, <laughs> what, what we talked about from last week with that, remember we discussed the logistics of that trade? Yes. And I heard on the radio, a lot of people were like, I don't understand why they wouldn't just have him active, you know, keep him, only play him for like six snaps just in the red zone. And I think it comes right back to logistics of that deal that they know if, hey, we might not even use them in this game, probably won't. That means that they just got an extra game towards that 10, you know? So they might not have to give up as much because they didn't play them this week. I I think that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to take their time easing them into it. The Patriot way is really to, you know, let what happens in September happen and – uh, just improve and get better as the season progresses. And, you know, we've seen it time and time again. The Patriots are totally okay with going, you know, going two and two um, in September, knowing that they're going to get a lot better. So, you know, right. I could even see them holding him out this week too um, to make sure that injury is healed completely and also make sure that he is acclimated with the offense and he is ready to go once he does get on the field. So, and I think it goes back to that trade, but 
Um, you know, to add on that, you know, there's other elements of this, you know, where they can, they're okay with taking their time and, and holding off on him. So Gordon will be a kind of a quiet spot, at least for the next, I would say, week or two. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So let's go ahead and move on, Caleb and Carl. So uh, looking at Caleb's team here, he is what are edging we... out victories by the slimmest of margin. <laughs> I yeah. think he beat me by four, and then he won by eight in this one. Yeah. Yeah, I Oof. was like, when I was looking at the standings this morning, um, I was like, wait, Caleb's team is 3-0? and <laughs> um, It's like a surprise every time you see his team do well. Uh, and I don't know, I don't really know why, like, I'm not trying to bash Caleb or anything. I just wouldn't suspect that Caleb would have a, a working fantasy team. So, um, you know, the one thing I am worried about when I look at his team is, is really his running back situation. Yes. I mean, you've got, so Tevin Coleman, who, yeah, he's serviceable, but like, dude, he was just in a game that had... 80 points and in a full PPR, he only scored 12.7. So that's a little alarming. And when not to mention Devonta Freeman's going to be coming back soon. And then Bilal Powell is your second running back. So I don't know, Jay Ajayi, like he, I don't fully believe that he's going to be a hundred percent healthy at all this season. Like I think this back thing is really just going to linger the entire the entire year. Um, and then he's rostering three tight ends. So I don't know what, do you see anything that I'm not seeing here that would, you know, sway me otherwise to be concerned about his running back situation? I mean, <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. And Tevin Coleman, that's been a surprise to me uh, since the Freeman injury. I thought they would drive him into the ground since it's a contract year, but that has not happened. In fact, they got that, What's his name? Ito Smith involved. Yeah. And he's been taking, they've literally been splitting the work almost 50 50, which makes very little sense to me. Um, so, yeah, Tevin Coleman, oof, I, I don't think he's going to have much value, especially after Freeman comes back. Bilal Powell, I mean, they're in a straight up committee, uh, him and Crowell. So, I don't know. I, I think he's in, in dire needs of a, a better running back. And, and also his receivers, I think he's got really lucky with so far. Um, Devontae Adams, great player. But then he's got Crabtree and Crowder. So, I I don't know. Uh, what do you? What's your take on that one? Uh, I'm okay with his receivers. Um, but, you know, I, I again look at this. And, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's still going to be the starter. Um and he's got three quarterbacks, so I don't know. Like, I, I, if I were him, like, I'd be open to fielding offers, you know, if For he sure. wants to move a quarterback and maybe one of those tight ends in a package. Um, I mean, dude, even if he just traded – he made two different trades for each – to just move each tight end, like, that might be a good move to diversify his team. You, you know, in my opinion, you only need to roster one tight end um, Absolutely. given how thin the position really is. Now, with that being said, because the position is thin, maybe you do keep some of the, one of those guys as an insurance option. Uh, but let's, for sake of time, move on to, um, to Carl's team here. So 
Phil Lindsay. I mean, we were kind of downplaying him a little bit and he got ejected, injected in the second yep. quarter. So, you know, I don't think it's really a lack of production. I mean, he still ran for five yards of carry. Um, anything changed for you on Phil Lindsay overall? I mean, I, I know we talked about how he's a guy that doesn't belong in the free agency, but um, you know, how high are we on that list? And I don't think e- either of us agreed that he was someone that we really liked as a starter week in and week out. Right. My, my view on him has basically not changed at all. Uh, it sucks for Carl that he did decide to punch somebody in the face <laughs> or <laughs> attempted to, I guess they said, they said he hit somebody, but he completely whiffed. Um, but uh, yeah, my outlook on him doesn't change. He's, he's risky as a, a starting running back every week, but looking at Carl's team, he doesn't really have many options. So, um, I think you stand Pat if you're Carl. Yep. Yeah. He's at, at this point, I mean, his running back situation looks pretty, it's pretty bare with McCoy and, and Alex Collins, although Alex Collins finally, you know, got it, got in the end zone and, uh, had a nice chunk of yards, so um, he actually had a pretty decent day for 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 being Alex Collins. Uh, I I think if I were him though, like you can't really start Chris Hogan moving forward. And I mean, everyone in the industry is talking about Tyler Boyd and you know how many targets he's getting. Derek, what do you think? Is Tyler Boyd for real? I think he is. Um... You know, it's going to be very similar to what we're seeing happen with Julio right now, I think, with A.J. Green. Um, Julio, it's, it's weird. They're, they're not really even targeting him because they have somebody else or actually two other guys, really. It's not just Ridley, even though he had the blow-up game. I think Sanu, it falls in the same category as reliable guys who can catch the ball and make the plays that need to be made. So Matt Ryan's not even targeting Julio. I think the same could be said to a degree for A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd, that type of relationship with the wide receiver duo there, that Andy Dalton no longer has to force into triple coverage to get it to Green. If Tyler Boyd's running in man coverage on the outside, you know, he's got another guy he can trust. Um, so I think his outlook is, is very strong. Yeah, and I would say this too. Like, you know, Boyd is a guy that he's not a rookie. He's been in the league for a few years now. Everyone, There was a lot of people that were high on him when he – um, first started off with the Bengals. So, you know, it could be kind of like an Nelson Aguilar situation where he just kind of has figured it out now. And not to mention, I mean, you know, one of the guys who was, who's been getting a lot of targets or, you know, getting some work at least in the Bengals offense is Tyler Eifert. And we all know that Tyler Eifert is just another guy that uh, is not going to last the full season. So, you know, the second Eifert goes out, there's another opportunity for Boyd to to get a few more targets uh, and, and get get a little bit more share there. So uh, I like Boyd as well. I think he's for real. Um, the only problem is do the Bengals shift a offensive mindset once Mixon comes back? So let's go ahead and move on. Yeah, Dennison and Jack. So you know this was a pretty big matchup. Dennison certainly didn't have a bad week, but. Boy, Jack's Jack's team again, just looking like the looking like the team to beat this year. He's taking on the championship. Unless something terrible <laughs> happens to his team, he's he's got this on lockdown. I mean, you look at that roster and there is not a single gap. I mean, sure, say Amari Cooper's that guy, but he his team is performing so strong that he could start one less player than everybody else 
and still win every week. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like he's, he's got his quarterback situation pretty ideal. Like the one thing I could see is like, I don't think Drew Brees is really, I mean, neither of them are going to put up 40 point games every single week, but like, I don't think Drew Brees is really going to, you know, come down from that a whole lot. Uh, Matt Ryan, though, we've seen go through certain spells throughout the season, and that's the only way I see him losing in the playoffs is if you have a game where Matt Ryan, uh, Amari Cooper, and Adrian Peterson all put up duds. Like, you know, you could that 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 sounds relatively realistic there. So, um, yeah. But I mean, I even look at the Rams because ultimately you're going to be looking at Gurley and Brandon Cooks and championship in this league is week 16, right? Correct. So week 14, Chicago, week 15, Philly, week 16, Arizona, like those are all actually pretty decent matchups from a um, against Chicago. Yeah, Chicago actually uh, on Pro Football Focus ranks as one of the better defensive backfields uh, just as far as sheer talent goes. Um, you know, that, obviously they're, you know, that, that's still to be seen. But, I mean, Philly, they're they're pretty good, and Arizona is not going to be good. Um, so, you know, if he – if he conceivably gets the championship round, like you got Gurley and Brandon Cooks going up against the Cardinals, potentially to lock in a playoff spot. Right, right. Well, <laughs> honestly, they could have the playoffs locked up a lot sooner. <laughs> yeah. Their division is not good this year, and they are steamrolling everybody. Well, a so, higher seed. I mean, it's the NFL, so like, you know, seed, true, determining true. a seed can come down to week 17. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, end of the day, I don't think they're going to be resting guys by week 16 at least. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot is, is going to depend really on um, how strong the Rams are as a team and whether they really need to play that week 17 on the status of Marcus Peters and the keep to lead. Uh, their defense took a major hit last week and we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, and I think that only benefits the offensive players, though, if the Rams' defense takes a hit. So uh, that's also something where if you have Rams' offensive players, the defense getting worse might not be the worst thing. The only the only person that could really hurt is Gurley, um, which even his usage rate is so high that I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot. Let's look at right. Dennison's team, though. So just looking at his overall team, I mean – Really, it sucks because he's missing a big piece of his offense and Bell and Nixon um, yep. and even Doug Baldwin. So moving forward, like, does Dennison, does Dennison lose a couple more games here? Like, Bell's not back until week 11. Is James Conner really – I know he looked pretty good there weeks one and two, but, like, you know, he, he seemed pretty average this week against the Buccaneers. What did you see in the game last night with, with James Conner overall? He, he came back down a little bit. Um, and honestly, I think this 14 and a half points is more of what we can begin to expect from him. I don't think his first couple games are, are going to happen every time. Um, and I don't know. I Do you see – there's rumors Le'Veon Bell is going to be traded, possibly to the Jets. Do you see that happening? 
I don't think anyone knows. Um, I don't even think it's worth speculating because like even the best, the, the closest reporters on this, the beat writers, everyone else, like no one has any idea what's going to happen besides, you know, the fact that, you know, he's supposed to come back week 11 or whatever it is. So, (laughs) um, for me to sit here and say like, Oh, Le'Veon Bell is definitely getting traded to the Jets, this side or the other, like, it's it's just all rumors at this point. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, I don't, I, I, I don't see the Steelers. I, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> I hate to speculate <laughs> on it because it's such a, it's such a crapshoot of a, uh, of, of a topic here. Um, looking back at his team though, anything that you, that sticks out to you on his bench besides his injured players. I mean, for me, Demarius Thomas, um, he's he's interesting because he's a good player, but he seems like he's almost kind of over the hill at this point. You think Demarius yeah. Thomas still has still has some ju- you know juice in the tank here and can you know put up startable numbers? Man, I hope so. Um, I love the guy. Uh, he's one of the very few NFL jerseys I own. He led me to a couple deep playoff runs back in his prime, and um, I actually in. Dennis and I second league. Dennison also had Demarius, and I just traded for him last week. <laughs> so uh, I hope, <laughs> hope he gets better. Um, and he also has a t- he had a tough matchup this week against Baltimore. Uh, he had Carr, Brandon Carr, on him shadowing. Um, yeah, and next week he gets Kansas City. So yeah, that's, like that's gonna be very telling. Yeah, I mean, he's playing Kansas City next week. Like, Keelan Cole's going up against the Jets. And then you have Geronimo Allison up against the Bills. Um, so, that's going to be interesting to see what he does with his wide receivers. I mean, if I were him, I would want to get Demarius Thomas in there. But um, that's a pretty tough call between Keelan Cole and Geronimo Allison. If I had to pick, I would probably – Oh, man, because Keelan Cole made some sick catches that, that other week. My problem with that is that he has Blake Portals throwing the ball, where Geronimo Allison has Aaron Rodgers. Um, but Allison kind of seems more like a, you know, just another guy, whereas Keelan Cole was kind of more of a special talent. So it's going to be interesting to see who he goes ahead and picks between those two guys if he replaces them with Thomas. Um, if I were him, I'd probably put Thomas in over Cole. Here, Dennison, just don't start either Cole or Allison. Instead, do Demarius Thomas and Jordan Matthews. Everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Matthews <And> is back. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too excited about that. I'm not. No. I mean, no. <laughs> he did have two catches for 21 yards, but so at, at least he's alive. Um, but he literally just came <laughs> off his couch like last week. So, um, outside of that, though, carry on Johnson. You think he's a guy that could foreseeably be started over Deion Lewis, for instance, in Denison's lineup? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Denison has a tough situation at running back because you can't trust Carrion or Deion. Carrion is by and far the best running back for the Lions, but he's not getting the three-down workload, and he's not getting lead back. Like he, he doesn't get the receiving back duties or the goal line work, which means all of his – points have to come you know between the 20s so that limits his upside drastically whereas Deion Lewis is in a timeshare and 
the Titans are just an absolute mess. So it, I would hate if I were him to have to play either of those guys. So for me, I don't. I really don't mind carry on Johnson because okay, yeah, you have Legarrette Blunt, um, but if you watch the game, that game, like he looked way better. Carry on Johnson, you're saying miles better than yeah than Blunt, yeah. Well, and then the other thing too that I was going to bring up is that you know Blunt, yeah, he comes in when it's like you know, a third and one situation or you're on the goal line at the one or two yard line. That's when Blunt comes in. But I, from what I recall, it looked like when they were moving into the red zone, Kerryon Johnson was still in there, even from the 10 and from the 15, that kind of thing. Um, so I'm not as worried about the goal line work. And if he's going to get a couple catches in there too, and, um, you know, make a big play after a catch, like, I don't. I don't think he's that bad. I'd rather. I'd actually rather have, for instance, Carry On Johnson versus um, Legarrette Blunt, of course. But right, right, um, right. Just because he's not touchdown dependent, um, and I also think that if he figures out his wide receiver situation, um, you know, Carry On Johnson could be an interesting play over Deion Lewis, considering you'd at least know that you're getting a little bit more with him versus Deion Lewis. Yeah. Deion's become boomer bust really. Yeah. yeah. He, he's a, he's a risky play. Um, so I think that's going to be situational for Dennison. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to your matchup. So Great. dude, your own three, man. Like, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep you on this podcast. If you keep losing, like, <laughs> you got to start showing up here. Um, tack- hey man, th- this podcast is the only thing keeping me involved in this league right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, seriously, I'm, I'm so screwed. My season is basically over. <laughs> so uh, wh- what do you think is wrong with your team then that you're so pessimistic about it? Oh, well, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo decides to cut up field and not just step out of bounds and tear his ACL like a dumbass. Um, (laughs) So that started. And then the Vikings lied all week about Dalvin Cook having cramps and really had a hamstring injury. So (laughs) he didn't play. Um, Oh, and why don't we talk about Andrew Luck and intermediate throws the whole way. Yeah, whatever. Like, not a big deal. He's getting back to normal. But then the last play of the game, yeah, on game the potential game-winning throw for a 50-yard touchdown that would have won it, they pull him out for Jacoby Brissett. Um, that that speaks volumes to me. I know some other teams do that with some of their quarterbacks too, just because the backup has a bigger arm. But I've never really seen it. Um, and with Andrew Luck, he used to have a big arm. So does that mean that's gone now? Like, holy well, shit. This goes into what I've been saying the last two weeks now in that, you know, I like the tight ends. I like um, I, I like the, the two tight end sets. So I was a fan of not only – I was more of a fan of Doyle, uh, but knew that Ebron would get some work here. Uh, and it goes to show that he can hit those short routes, but he is – his arm strength, either that or he just literally can't do the motion of throwing like a 50 yard deep bomb or a big, you know, play downfield. Uh, so you're seeing, I mean, so this is a risky play on your end. I thought it would pay off. And I mean, in my opinion, T.Y. Hilton's still doing, still doing well. Like he's 
you know, this is only the first week that he hasn't caught a touchdown. Um, right. But he might be limited. Like, you might not see those three touchdown T.Y. Hilton kind of games like we've seen in past years because of Andrew Luck's inability to, you know, get the ball deep downfield. So, you know, Brissett basically came in and, and, and just, you know, chucked it. And, you know, I don't think – I don't think – Andrew Luck is confident in himself to to launch the ball downfield, so uh, that's going to be a problem for you. you. You need a you need a quarterback here. Uh, but the one thing I will say about your lineup is that you know again a guy that I like, Chris Godwin, showed up last night, and in my opinion, oh yeah, I think Godwin ends up you know right around the same level of production as Deshaun Jackson by the end of the season. So I I, I think he definitely ends up better. Um... I think he received more targets than Mike Evans. Like if you watch that game, he was getting peppered over and over and he dropped three touchdowns. Like, yeah, he dropped and that's a bad thing, but he was targeted that many times for a touchdown. Like the guy's upside is uncapped. Like he could easily have a 35 point game. Yeah. He's, he's real nice. Um, And I think he's a guy that you got to figure out a way to, I mean, again, we talked about it last week, too. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Allen Robinson, and you saw kind of an Allen <laughs> Robinson week here. So, Oh, come on. Get out of here, man. He was up against Patrick Peterson. I, I don't care who he was up against. I mean, <laughs> I, told you, I told you last week was as best as Allen Robinson is going to get, um, and he put up a week similar to week one. I'm telling you right now, it's just going to continue. So, you know, I, I would – probably be a Godwin over Robinson guy moving forward. Uh, what are you going to oh, do yeah. about Mark Ingram though? Like, are you banking on Mark Ingram to come back and be something special or what, what's the deal here? This, well, yes, I'm, I feel very confident that he's going to be great when he comes back. Um, and then I'm going to have Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook and Mark Ingram to choose between, or I just go one quarterback and start all three. Um, I don't know. I think, before you and I sat down and stared at my lineup, I was definitely a lot more worried about it until just now. But I have a lot of upside. I have a lot of good depth, I guess. I just – I don't know. Last week I lost because one Tackett's team absolutely exploded and all of my receivers didn't do anything. Um, so, I don't know. It only gets better from here, I guess. And, yes, to answer your question, Mark Ingram, I think is going to be pretty great. Like, not as good as last year, but I think he'll be, moving forward, a top 15 running back. Well, the pro- I mean, you need Dalvin Cook to come back, and you need him to come back this week. And if you don't, like, you're, you're going to be in a tough situation because that second running back spot, in my eyes, is glaring. Um, I love how you picked up TJ Yeldon to just try and trade him to me. Um, <laughs> I... I'm not a fan of TJ Alden, though. I just don't think he's that good. So, oh, Mark, um, you need your handcuff, man. I know, as a serious XM listener, they tell you keep your handcuffs. So I know that's what's in your mind. No, it's it's actually become people are starting to get away from the handcuffs because at the end of the day, handcuffs are handcuffs for a reason. Those those guys aren't as good of players. So, um, which yeah, shows hand, you listen I to? <clears throat> I don't know. I know you listen to Fantasy Alarm. Yeah, I do listen to Fantasy Alarm. Yes, I, I, I think I've I rely caught on, you on there before. Yeah, I, I think I rely on those guys the most. Um, I, they they have a proven track record, and 
Uh, Howard Bender is just, you know, that, that, that's pretty much all he does. So uh, I, I have a lot of faith in those guys, but I, I try to diversify a little bit and not, not just take – and, and the other thing, too, is when you're listening to someone else talk about this stuff, like no one is going to be dead right on 100% every single little thing. So the you know, best right. recommendation not only for us but just anyone listening to this is, you know, take everything with a grain of salt, you know, we're going to give some advice. We're going to give some feedback, but ultimately it's your team. You figure out what you want to do with your team uh, to, you know, make the best decision because uh, at the end of the day, no one knows a hundred percent what's exactly going to happen from week to week. If we did, um, we'd all be a lot richer, but um, you know, it just goes to show like, you know, take the advice, but also understand, you know, what, what can help you. And then, don't rely on, you know, very specific things from one person a hundred percent of the time. Take, you know, research from multiple different sources to go ahead and, you know, make the best determination on who you're gonna start week to week. Uh so that's a little PSA here, but let's move on. Uh Jimmy and did, did you want to slide we didn't talk about Tackett's team at all. Do you want to slide oh, down? No, we didn't. About that? Yeah, <laughs> so just looking at his team, I mean we we hit on most exploded. of this, but like again, I mean, from top bottom, he he's just one of those teams that has Ben Roethlisberger and Patrick Mahomes. Like he just yeah. ended up. That was kind of how the draft played out for him. And there's a lot of teams out there like this. Um, but uh, I mean, anything glaring to you that you could have concern on, or I mean, from top to bottom, this looks like a great team. <laughs> I don't I don't even know who Tackett's facing this upcoming week, but um, I'm gonna bank he's going to lose um, this Roethlisberger Mahomes glory that's that's happened right now. It's, it's coming to an end. It's coming to an end. Um, all of Roethlisberger's production has come against Kansas city, the worst secondary in Tampa, a top five worst. And now he's got Baltimore and then Mahomes. Yes. He's proved like he's played pretty great, but he's played against the chargers who I don't think are nearly as good as what they were last year. Uh, they don't have Bosa on the outside, which is showing to impact their team a heck of a lot more than anybody thought. They played against Pittsburgh, terrible secondary, and San Fran, terrible secondary, and now they have Denver. Um, so they're both Roethlisberger and Mahomes are up against tough tests, and I think they both are going to come down on the uh, the low end of the totem pole on that. Yeah, I mean you can't bench those guys though. So I mean Tackett's just no, going to no, no. ride it out, and you know exactly. I mean, it, They've got some tough matchups, but Patrick Mahomes is also thrown for 13 touchdowns and zero interceptions. So, you know, and, and looking at Ben Roethlisberger as well, I mean, he's, you know, he, he's definitely not as good. He's seven for seven touchdowns, four picks, uh, another pair of fumbles. So he turned the ball over. Most of that came in that Cleveland game, but, um, you know, I, I agree with you. Like Steelers Ravens, that's always kind of a defensive game and a bit of a rivalry. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with his team this week. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, though. Uh, yeah. All right. So I think we got like one or two matchups more here. Let's go ahead and look at uh, Jimmy and Lennon's matchup. Yes, the Battle of the Ophers. <clears throat> So Jimmy got a win here, it looks like, and had a had a nice week. I mean, really, this was a quality matchup. Both teams showed up, but um, 
again, Lennon just, you know, even when his team shows up, he gets kind of unlucky with the matchup. So he's 0-3 now. Anything stick out to uh, to to you here between the overall matchup? Um, Antonio Brown is beginning to scare me. Uh, he is Antonio Brown, so you try not to get too worried. But he's not getting the targets that he's used to. He's acting out about it, which I really – if I could have bet a Vegas line on this, that Antonio Brown would have at least a dozen catches, I would have put a hundred bucks on that. Because whenever a number one receiver bitches about not getting enough targets, they just get peppered. And this is the best receiver, most target receiver in the NFL saying that. And he only got nine and caught six. Um, I don't know what you're thinking, but I am I'm worried about Antonio because I think Juju's there to stay. Well, I mean, look, they won. Uh, so when you win, a lot of that stuff kind of goes away. Um, when you lose is when it really gets magnified. The one thing I'll say about this is, I mean, dude, it's Antonio Brown. Like, end of the day, he still caught a touchdown this week, six for 50. Uh, you got to understand, too, that they don't, they're not keying in on James Conner like teams would key in on James Bell. Or I'm sorry, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, that makes and sense. So yeah. they've got they've got more guys out there paying a little bit more attention to Antonio Brown, um, shadowing him a little bit with the safety. And I mean, the biggest beneficiary is Juju Smith-Schuster. So you know, my team's a big you know uh, <laughs> beneficiary from this situation. Uh, the I, I'm not too worried about it. I think that Antonio Brown is a guy that. I mean, he had nine catches still the first two weeks, and so we only caught three less balls and still scored a touchdown. So, you know, at the end of the day, like, he's a human being. Like, he can't go out there and score three touchdowns every single week, which sometimes I think people expect. And you're going to have some down weeks. He should. (laughs) Yeah, right? He he should. Um, So I'm not too worried about it. I think it's it's a little bit more more smoke and mirrors than, than an actual fire here. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, back-to-back amazing matchups, and he puts up 15.7 and 17. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, he's still obviously one of the top receivers, but I think the days of back-to-back 40-point performances could be in the past. Um, I think the first – once Le'Veon Bell comes back, if he comes back, uh, he's going to be – Antonio Brown's production is going to go up. So – not too concerned about it again because once Bell does come back, which will be approaching the playoffs and a perfect time for him to come back, uh, Antonio Brown's only going to benefit from that. Just uh, moving on here. So um, Jimmy's team, I mean, he, Robert Woods is, is the big name here from, from his group, <laughs> right? Right. We're kind of ragging yeah, on his man. his receivers a little bit there. Um, yeah, Woods, absolutely ripping apart. <laughs> Woods started off slow the you know for this the first couple weeks here, but showed what he could do this week. Do you think that Robert Woods is a guy that Jimmy can continue to rely on, or do you think he's going to have more uh, more kind of average weeks? I guess you could say, or weeks like he had the past two. A guy that he can rely on, no. Um, but a guy that he has to rely on, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Due, due to his lack of receivers, 
and the fact that you know Robert Woods is part of this LA Rams offense that is amazing. So you'll just be incredibly pissed at yourself if you bench him a week and that's the week that it's his turn, you know, and this was his week. So next week he might have like 12 points, but then the week after that he could have 26. So I think you got to play him. Yeah. I just don't like the combination of Woods and Funchess. They're kind of like, not that they're the same player, but they're kind of like the same, like (laughs) their end of the day production is always, is kind of very similar. And I would say Woods is the better, obviously player. Um, I think all three, I think Shepard, I would throw in that as well. Well, that was what I was going to hit on is I actually think that Shepard is the best wide receiver on his roster. Um, Shepard is, really? yeah, well, currently. So, and the reason why I say that is now with Evan Ingram out, you know, Shepard is going to be a guy who. Middle of the field. Yeah, he, you know, one, I think the stat was once Evan Ingram left, um, Shepard went four for 54 and a touchdown. So, uh, on top of that, like, you just overall look at this and. Um, Sterling Shepard, like I've been watching the Giants games because I'm in the New York market, so that's the game I have to watch. Um, he just he looks crisp, man. Like you know, half the time I confuse him for Odell. Like he's running great routes, uh, he's getting open, Eli's finding him, and at the end of the day, Odell is going to draw all the attention, and uh, Saquon is going to you know keep guys in the box. So uh, I think Sterling Shepard is really going to be in a good spot moving forward, and. Um, it's going to take Evan Ingram a while to get back to. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, Evan Ingram no longer in the middle of the field and now it's Sterling Shepard's territory. And yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, great analysis on your part. Uh, Buck Allen's interesting. Uh, but the, you know, I would probably nope. moving forward, start looking at Chris, Chris Carson, just for the workload. Um, Buck Allen's not going to do what he did this week, every single, every single week. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Jimmy understands that he should be starting Carson over Buck Allen. Buck Allen's got four touchdowns on the year, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, it's not sustainable. It's not going to continue. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This guy, um, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense that he gets the goal line carries. Honestly, Alex Collins seems to be better at that, but I, I don't know. They like him at the goal line, so he gets the carries. I just wouldn't bank on him getting a touchdown every single week. And if he doesn't get that touchdown, he's a complete dud. So there's a couple more top things I want to hit on on Jimmy's team, but just for the sake of time, let's go ahead and we'll move on. We'll, we'll address Jimmy's team here in a moment. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and uh, do, you know if, do you know if Andres is queued up here? He, he is ready to go. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, we're going to move on to the next segment and introduce uh, Andres to the show. Andres, Derek? I am back. All right, I think it's just me and you. Can you hear me? Oh, I, there, there we you are. are. And hey, he has arrived. Welcome, Andres. <laughs> Finally got it to work. Welcome to the Fantasy How's Football Bros. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm honored. Really. I'm honored. Thank you. Very excited to have you. Oh, of course. I was looking forward to it. I have many 
bold predictions and takes to share with you guys. Ooh, Andres comes bearing bold predictions. What could this mean? <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to uh, hearing what Andres has to say. And um, Andres, <laughs> we were just breaking uh, down our matchup here. So, you know, got to say congratulations. <laughs> yeah, kind of a... Congratulations for a big oh, win thanks. here. Um, Well-deserved. It was a mess from on both sides, honestly. Yeah, so it, really... it, it was – it was yeah, pretty tough here. I want, I want to hear your, your, your breakdown, though. Why don't you walk us through the, the big victory from this week? Well, to be honest, I'm looking at my team right now, and I'm just thinking it could have been so much better. It really, like I said, it was kind of a sloppy win. So um, let me just pull that up here right now. Let me pull up our last week's score. Um, so what is it? 120.8 to 91. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Looking at my team, Kenyon Drake, I mean, just just kind of a big letdown there. Three yards. I really don't understand what Miami is doing there. Um, there were It was a close game for most of the time, so you would think they'd try to run the ball to establish some sort of balance. But at the end of the day, uh, it's just looking at Kenyon Drake's stats, five carries for three yards, and then two receptions for seven yards. Just not really good enough for – who I drafted to be a starting running back. And then Pierre Garçon, I mean, even before Jimmy Garoppolo's unfortunate in- injury, he just is not producing at the level which I drafted him at, which was to be my wide receiver three. So, I mean, losing Jimmy Garoppolo, that's unfor- this is a terrible injury, bad for the league. It's, just, it's not affecting Pierre Garçon at all because he was already not producing. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, so, like, I was never on Pierre Garçon this year. Um, but, I mean, you're in a great spot because, I mean, I'm assuming moving forward you're going to want to throw Calvin Ridley into that wide receiver three spot. Of course. Uh, and, I mean, really the only hole you have is Kenyon Drake. Um you know, I, I was never a huge fan of Kevin Drake either, but I didn't think he would be this bad. Uh, and so we'll see what happens. But uh, I think that I, I, I really like Matt Breida, um, but he's he's now hurt. Like, you should have traded me Matt Breida last week before. Now that, now that he's a little banged up, uh, I'm not as interested in trading yeah, for him, well. especially now that he doesn't have a good quarterback either. <laughs> well, now well, the thing is, <laughs> he got to dump Sam Darnold on you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, you want Darnold back? I'll, I'll trade Darnold back for Brita. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's okay. It's like you said, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. My team could have scored a lot better, a lot more points. I left a lot of points on the bench, but right now I'm just looking forward to moving on, you know, starting. I think I have some definite clarity on what I want to do moving forward. I mean, Kenyon Drake is going to be benched until further notice, until he really starts producing. Like you said, even if Matt Brady is injured at this point, I have to start him. And then um, Calvin Ridley is taking over the wide receiver three spot. I'm just going to have to figure out um, to get past his bye week with Cam Newton. And I think I have a pretty solid playoff team um, until I get hit with the eventual injury, which happens to every team. Yeah, I think you're sitting pretty overall. Derek, any additional feedback here for Andres' team? Um, no, I mean, he pretty much said it all. I really, really, really like his acquisition of Julian Edelman. 
So uh, <laughs> bravo, Mark, on making that happen, man. <laughs> but uh, the old wheeler and dealer here making it, deals. Yeah, yeah. Um, beyond that, I mean, his team looks solid. I'm really, yeah, I'm impressed, Andres. It's worked out. Uh, Kenyon Drake looks like crap. I, <laughs> I honestly think that yeah, uh, he's going to be a huge letdown for the year. But probably good thing you got Breda. And, um, and hopefully you can run. It's that okay, one out. Derek. I know, I know your team isn't doing so hot right now. So if you need some advice from me, I'll be more than happy to help you out since we don't play each other for a while. I I honestly can't hear what you say. You just cut out. About yeah, you're breaking out a lot. Uh, oh, sorry. I was just saying. I was just talking some trash. I'm saying, uh, Derek, if you need some advice from a team that's two and one, I'll be more than happy to give that to you. Okay, you, you, you cut in and out again there, but I got the gist of that, and I I appreciate it, Andres. Normally it's me. Oh, normally right. it's me wanting to give you the advice because I'm I'm sad of seeing your team sit at the bottom, but for once I know what it feels like to be in your shoes. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, welcome to the bottom. You're keeping the trophy warm for you. <laughs> uh, I I will tell the league that, um, yeah, this this is this is not looking good for the trophy hunter. Uh, too bold of a name. I'm, I'm going to change my team name this week and see what happens. The the one thing I do recommend between you two is, uh, you know, now that I've passed the torch of Julian Edelman onto Andres here, I mean, <laughs> I think it's rightful. I think it's it's fair of you to now throw Julian Edelman away towards Derek's team, just out of pity for, oh, for his, okay. his rough start here. And when I say Please. throw away, like well, take we'll one see. of his really good players because he's desperate right now. <laughs> I am desperate. I did. I think I text the group, or did I, or did I not? I don't know. I I was in all kinds of emotions yesterday, staring at my team, and I I don't know if I sent or not, but I had a text written up just saying I'm about to sell off my team. I'm just trying to flip everybody, <laughs> get all new players in there, and see what happens. Um, yeah. That almost happened, and I am still open to it. So anybody listening, seriously, just continue pelting me with trade offers this week because I might just accept something bad. No sell-offs. Sell-offs are prohibited. Okay, I got a good deal for you, Derek. How about <laughs> Paul Richardson for uh, Kareem Hunt? I'll take that. I know it's kind of lopsided in your favor, but I'll be more than happy to help you out in your time. Yeah, man, I, I don't feel honest with that trade. I think I'd have to give you Dalvin Cook and Kareem Hunt. Richardson because he's quite okay. talented. I think that's a fair. He, him and his uh, one catch for 46 yards and a touchdown on two targets. That's very talented. Hey, hey man. I mean, I'm just helping a friend out. In this <laughs> hey, well, we got it recorded now, so now Derek has to own up to uh, to his words. <laughs> whoa, whoa, there, buddy. Um, I'm I'm gonna plead. We'll talk. We'll talk. I'm gonna plead the, the Jimmy we'll on this one. I'm gonna plead the Jimmy. Which, if who, whoever doesn't know that, it means Jimmy agrees to every single trade in person. Says yes, I'll happen. Yes, I'll happen. And then um, when he goes to look at it, he <laughs> says he was drunk. So the agreements don't count. <laughs> when when is Jimmy either not drunk or not sound like he's drunk though? <laughs> That's a small window in the morning between the time of getting up and then actually reaching over. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, is he is he waking up hungover? Or is he waking up still drunk? That's that's the real question. And I say and I say that with love, Jimmy. If you're listening, I say that with love. Yes, of course, <laughs> only in love. Um. All right. So let's let's go ahead and move on here a little bit. Uh. So, uh, as we talked about in the show, we really want to take this 
time out now and and carve out some time for some maybe bold predictions from Andres here. So uh-huh. Andres, I just want to kick it to you and see if you have anything um, big or bold for the upcoming week or just the season in general. Well, um, I'm going to come out here with a bold prediction that, uh, well, I have three for you guys. So uh, bear with me here while I string them out. I, um, you know, just let me get them out there and then we can react afterwards. Um, bold prediction number one, uh, Derek, you know, I love you, man, but I really think your team is about to go 0 and 13 for the season. Oh. I mean, that's, uh, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing any other future for you except a complete basement, you know, lights out, just depression mode. You know, man, I, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, I, it's just, I don't see, I mean, t- just taking a look at your team, oh, um, Andrew Luck coming back from an injury, just really rusty. Um, by the time he gets it all on all cylinders, it's going to be too late for you. Um, Kareem Hunt, uh, Patrick Mahomes is taking over the reins is the, really the focal point of that offense. It's just not working very well. Um, let's see. Dalvin Cook, I mean, day-to-day injury. Vikings, wildly inconsistent. I mean, they just lost to the Bills, you know, the freaking Bills. So take that for what it, for what it's <laughs> worth. Uh, yeah, Stephon Diggs, wildly inconsistent. T.Y. Hilton, dependent on Andrew Luck. I mean, I just got to say, man, I'm not, looking, I'm not seeing a bright future for your team here. Like I said, if you need some fantasy advice from a team in the upper tier of uh, – the John League, I'll be more than happy to help you out if you ever need to call upon it, okay? Am I allowed to comment now? Or are you done with your bold predictions? Oh, that's bold prediction number one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, bold prediction number two. Taking a look at my team, I mean, it just is beautiful. I really oh, think. Oh, my God. I mean, uh, I think, well, besides, see, the way I see the league this year is uh, it's Jack on top. He's going to be scoring 200 yeah. points every week because we have a bum uh, who I shall not name because I feel like naming him gives him power. Uh, just trades his team over to Jack every year. Yep. And uh, Jack, looking at you, buddy, you know what you're doing. <laughs> you, you know what you're doing. You're just taking just taking the players from people who don't know any better, who are doing way too much acid, and then you just, man, you just take their team. And no one else will do oh, it, boy. But, but Jack will. <laughs> Back to my original point, the league this year is going to be Jack on top scoring 200 points every week and then everyone else. And uh, looking at my team, you know, I'm just hoping I can sneak in the playoffs, somebody else bumps off Jack, and then one of us can actually take the reins this year from Denison. Because uh, if, Denison, if Denison wins three years in a row, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with myself. It's really just unfortunate. So I'm predicting a uh, championship year for the Magic Harp. It's going to this is going to be the fight in Gyarados' next year because that's the next step in the evolution chain for the Magic Carps. You'll never reach. Uh, uh, excuse me, sir. These are my bold predictions. Okay? Just comment. They're bold. They're going to happen. Um, bold prediction number three. I'm going to go with who I think is going to score the most points here. So I'm sure you guys remember um, Pete Manny's record-breaking year. I think it was – was it our inaugural season back in 2013? Uh, our second season, I think. Second season? It might have been first or second season. Regardless, that he started off that season, you know, by throwing seven touchdowns against uh, against me. And Caleb had him on his team. He got to first overall. <laughs> the story never uh, dies. I'm going to predict that – I'm going to predict that Patrick Mahomes is going to be far and away the most highest scoring player this year. 
Uh, the guy looks like he's got the league figured out. I was reading some articles on him online. Turns out the guy has a photographic memory. He can literally remember playbooks just, you know, he has, I mean, it's a photographic memory. He literally just remembers everything he's ever seen. So the guy's a genius. So he's throwing that bombs. means he's going to remember this Von Miller sack coming up on Sunday, right? Uh, probably, <laughs> yeah. And he's already got 13 touchdowns or something like that. He's got weapons, Tyree Kill, Kareem Hunt, um, Spencer Ware. Nobody really talks about him. Um, Travis Kelsey. The guy's got a team. Uh, the defense is mediocre, so there's always going to be points on the, on the other team's scoreboard to keep them throwing. I really think Patrick Mahomes is going to be is going to be stellar. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at the same time if somehow the league figures him out by the second by the second half of the um, league year, like happens with most Andy Reid teams. But um, at this point, I really got to hand it to him. I think he's going to be a star for years to come. Yeah, we were and, we were uh, talking about this a little bit earlier as well, and 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 Derek and I seemed to we look took a look at his his schedule moving forward, and it does get tougher. So, you know, we we think there's going to be rough, some rough sledding ahead. Um, sure, but I mean, to your point, same thing happened with Kareem Hunt last year. Yeah, yeah, he started off hot and then tapered off. But that you know? I think that was more with Kareem Hunt. It was more of a product of Andy Reid being weird. Like Andy Reid is just obsessed with throwing the ball, anyways. So. Um, you know, I think that was more a product of him just kind of abandoning the run game for a few games. And I mean, a few games, I mean like six, but like overall, I think that, I mean, like you said, 13 touchdowns, zero picks, like, you know, that's that's, ri- that's a ridiculous start. So yeah, he'll taper off, but like how much will he actually taper off? Cause he's still, you know, in a pass happy league these days. I mean, even with that, we were just talking about this the other day, the new rule where you can't even, they took away the definition of a tackle. I mean, come on, you can't lay on someone with your full weight. That's, how are you supposed to tackle? It's just, it's, the league's going to keep getting more pass happy and Patrick Mahomes is going to benefit from it. Yeah. yeah, and actually, someone uh, tore their ACL on Sunday trying to avoid William on top of a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, so that's messed up. But he's not a quarterback, so they don't care. It's exactly, fine. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think the rule is just it's out of hand. Um, I mean, literally, every single broadcaster, every single player, even the officials themselves. Like, I think everyone's kind of on the same boat. But like, the officials are just having they have to call the rule the way it is. And now that the season's already started and we're a few weeks in, like, I don't think they're allowed to change it mid-season. Like it's just going to be it's going to no. be something that we have to bear through the entire year, which is just going to mm-hmm. suck to watch, but it'll at, I think it's already I think the it's they've already committed to once the season's over changing that that being one of the first changes that they make because it's just not football. Like you can't you can't just like all of a sudden, you know, when you're falling on a player like find a way to not fall on them. Like, it's just going to happen in football. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, I think the root cause of the problem is, really, the players' union for the NFL is literally the worst in sports. The last CBA they signed back in, I think it was 2011, they basically just gave all the power to the commissioner and the ladies to set rules. And basically, they can just do whatever they want because they're going to protect the owner's interests who pay their bills, and the owner's interest is to keep quarterbacks healthy. And uh, that's just the way it's going to be until the – NFLPA grows some balls and, you know, fights for the players. Yeah. And I, I think just to put a bow on it, though, 
when we talk about like how this relates to the fantasy uh, perspective here. Um, mm-hmm. In my opinion, this just waters down defensive points because at the end of the day, when this happens, it's a 15 yard penalty and an automatic first down. You know, more often than not, that's getting a team very close to field goal range, if not in field goal range, or going from field goal range to um, being close in and, and in the red zone. So, um, you know, it, it's a huge, you know, play. It's it's a 15-yard swing every time it happens, and it can happen to the best defense out there. And arguably, it might happen to some of the better defenses because you have guys getting to the quarterback more often. Um, so in my opinion, it just overall, it waters down some of those fantasy defenses from a uh, point scoring perspective. And especially in our league where, you know, if your defense doesn't show up, you're getting negative points. That's right. Uh, it's, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's, I got negative nine points yeah. the first week. So it's, it's rough goings, man. It's the defense. It's hard to stream. I'm always been a streamer and uh, streaming defenses has never been tougher than this year, to be honest. But it still might be the right year to stream because, you know, even the best defenses can show up and put up a dud because of this new rule. Mm-hmm. So anything else to add there, Derek, as well? Uh, I just agree. I, I just I, – I would care to comment on Andres' very first bowl prediction. Andres, <laughs> I will and have been the first to admit that this is the worst fantasy football team I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I am very miserable about it. Probably ever. I think. I, I think it is ever, ever, truly, truly is. Um, Not just yours. I think just in the history. Of oh history. my god, you are just something else, there, buddy. Uh, I know that you've had many worse teams than this one that I have, but I, I despite know. what you say about your prediction, I, I am saddened to say that it actually is still a possibility after three weeks for me to go zero and thirteen. And, and that I have just lost upon myself, and I have one goal this year, and it's not to get that uh, that loser's punishment, which I don't think either of you signed up for that part of the league because, you know, neither of you two have the balls to do it. But you know, so what happens? Also, the brain. Cells. What happens to Derek if he does go in thirteen? Like I think there there needs to be we need to put something on record here. I, I get a tattoo. Oh. He has a side bet going on, I believe. Do you like yeah, actually have to get a tattoo? Yeah, there's a side league. Um, and whoever places <laughs> last place in the side league um, gets a tattoo that the winner of the people in the side league um, chooses. So, okay. Jesus it, Christ. Good it's Lord. pretty rough. And I, for my entire lifetime, I've never had any intentions of ever getting a tattoo. Um, and the only reason I signed up for this league this year is to convince Caleb to join my other league. He's the one that brought this oh, league God. together. Um, and boy, this can be bad. Where would where would I hope for your sake that Caleb does not win your side bet? I just really for your yeah. mental health, I really hope he does not. Yeah, considering that his is a uh, dick butt. Yeah, I don't know what mine would be. <laughs> where where would you get it? Uh, I get to choose where, and you know I'm trying not to think that far ahead because <laughs> I really don't want to have it. Uh, yeah. You should like um, middle of your foot. I think that's a good. That, that'd be very probably pretty painful, but incredibly painful. <laughs> Tramp, but it's pretty much Tramp, like not Tramp. there though. Like no one's gonna know it's there unless like you point it out. Right, right. 
Yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember who all is in that league. I keep asking Caleb and he hasn't told me. I know that Lennon is and Dennison and Jack and Caleb and Jimmy. Um, I don't know if that might be it. So honestly, my goal is just to do better than Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might not that might not be too hard because he's also 0-3 in our league too. And in our head to head matchup is this week. There you go. So that that's a big game. It's huge. My, my life is on the line. All right. So I think, is there anything else we want to add to this before we move on? Because I, I, I do want to make sure we get to Jimmy's voicemails here and then recap those. And we'll recap those as a group as well. Um, I'm I just want to say, Andres, in the future, make your bold predictions more fantasy football related rather than the success of your <laughs> um, above average team for once and be just – Total destruction of my poor team. So, Derek, in the future, work on that. I mean, it's nothing personal. It's nothing personal. I just, um, you know, the fantasy gods, they, 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 we have a special connection. And the fact that you're 0-3 just goes to show that, unfortunately, they've forsaken you. And uh, you're damned to internal um, damnation and fantasy health. Ouch. So, um, sorry, That's buddy. Uh, but, uh, yeah. 0-3, that's rough, man. I really don't see anything other than 0-13. But uh, as Mark said, you know, let's move on. All right, so I'm going to play Jimmy's recordings. Um, unfortunately, Andres, I'll have to I'll have to send these to you because basically the way it works is we just kind of plug them in and then talk about it afterwards um, without listening to it. Um, so basically I'm just going to uh, finish this piece of the segment and then just shoot the invite back over to both of you real quick, all right? Perfect. All right, sounds good. Hello. This is your commissioner, Jimmy, here. I just want to say congratulations for you guys for doing a successful podcast. I think it brings another dimension to the league. I'm really excited to be listening to this every week. Um, Second note, uh, fuck you guys because I won. Um, My team is very scary. I am very scared right now. Um, So, yes, you're correct. But I did win. So, fuck all you guys. Thank you again for the lack of confidence, and uh, we'll keep on moving forward. Um, the reason for keeping um, that running back from uh, the Dolphins on my bench is because I got really desperate and drunk before I had to leave for a volleyball tournament, which I did win um, that day, and I needed a deep, deep sleeper, and uh, I'd like the name, and I thought, well, fuck it. Let's try him out, and definitely it's been a, a bad thing. Um, and this thing wraps up in a minute. So I just found out the message is going to be a minute long. So this is uh, section two of it. Um, but yeah, I just found him on a deep, deep sleeper as a really late round pick. I thought, well, man, it's keeper league, so we'll uh, we'll work with it. And if it pays off, pays off. If not, it'll be a nice, easy person to drop for my next, you know, wave wire pickup and everything like that. But uh, other than that, that's all I got for you guys. Um. My next question is best of luck, Mark. It's not really a question, but best of luck, Mark, this week in fantasy football. I feel like you will kick my ass, but may the fantasy gods forever be in your favor, and we'll see what the fantasy gods have in store for us. Uh, God's being God bless. Best league in America. Uh, go Browns. Bless them. Let's get drunk. Bye. We are back. Yep. So, and I'm sure Andres will join here in any moment, um, but, you know, really just – I mean, I hey guys. haven't. Yep, I'm there back. he is. There. So, 
Andres, just to give you a quick recap. So Jimmy in the recording, I mean, I, I don't remember fully, but it was basically just like, great job, guys. Congratulations. And also, fuck you both. No, I mean, um, that's, I completely agree with that sentiment. And he kind of sounded a little drunk, um, like he, he was slurring his speech drunk. a little bit there. So, I mean, this was – he literally submitted this to us three hours ago, which was 8 o'clock. <laughs> uh, 8 o'clock uh, on yeah, a Tuesday. Bro. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. very drunk. But We know how Jimmy works, so. God speak to me. What he did happen to mention is he addressed the question that I told him to answer, why Kalen Blage was still on oh, his yes. team. And I was correct. He did. He was at the bar, wasted, <laughs> and decided to go with Kalen Balazs. Oh, man. As a, as a sleeper pick, he says, um, Jimmy, you can keep sleeping on him, buddy. He's... I mean, that's a pretty cool name you want to have on your team, right? Kalen Balazs. I mean, you're kind of tempted just to draft him just for the name. Um, and that's 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 something that Andres would say. Um, a lifelong sucker at fantasy, and uh, my my season okay, this year is modeling for you and your past experiences of being at the bottom. So Andres, I do expect you to say something like that. Draft and play your first. I just need you to. Uh, I think you should be taking notes for your buddy on my tactics because it doesn't seem like yours are working out. Well, you know, you just talk crap about all my players, which means the turnaround is coming this week. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I'm probably going to lose in uh, epic fashion considering my best player is on bye. So, yeah. so the question is, I mean, how long does Jimmy stick out Kalen Balazs? Because he's now gone three games with literally zero points across the board. And I don't think he's been in the game at all yet. Ride or die, Jimmy. Ride or die. I mean, let, let's let's do some over-unders here since we're, we've got a recording. <laughs> uh, I mean, does he drop him tomorrow? Is that like a fair over-under or do you think he's going to hold off on him? The fair over under is week seven. Week seven. Wow. I'll say over. 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 <laughs> I say hold for him to the season. I yep. I agree. I agree with you. I think he's going to hold on to him all season. All season. Okay. So both of you guys are all in with him holding him, holding Kalen Blage through the <laughs> fantasy championship. Yes. I think he he's dropping the champion commit for the reason. I think he's dropping him tomorrow. Um, are you sure about that, Mark? I am not sure. I mean, I'm I'm kind of just like hoping he comes to his senses. Maybe when we publish this tonight, he listens to it tonight when he's really drunk and drops him like even before waivers happen. But um, for the sake of his team, like, dude, he needs to move on. So, so just to while we're on the topic of Kalen Blage and how long Jimmy will keep him, I would like to uh, have you skip to week four and look at the preview for you and Jimmy's matchup real quick, just for a second. Yep. So I'll pull this up here, and I think it's actually going to be a pretty interesting matchup. But let's let's check real quick here. <laughs> I did not see this. Okay, so we don't even have to like anyone listening. Just go look at the preview for me and Jimmy's matchup, and you'll understand why we're laughing. <laughs> And it honestly makes it hard for us to break this down now, like <laughs> on my laptop or on my computer, because like you can't see his bench. So now I got to go back and hit quick box score and look at his bench. Yeah, really and, <laughs> yeah, like this is really just kind of, you know, screwing us up now here. Um, I love the line Dick negative 130.8. That's a great line. <laughs> Um, okay. 
So, overall, though, I mean, Brady and Gronk, I think they get – I unfortunately think that they're going to get back on track this week against Miami at home. Uh, and I am going to – my team is going to suffer because of that. I completely agree. Bill Belichick will find a way. And, uh, yeah, as Jeff Goldblum would say, he's, he's going to find a way and they're going to get back on track. What do you think, Derek? I, I agree. It's, it's bound to happen. Um, the Patriots, they, they don't slide like this very often. And Miami, they are, are they, they're 3-0, and right? They're 3-0, and correct. I, I believe it ends by them getting absolutely demolished this week by New England. I think they're going to get worked, especially because New England's playing at home and they know that it's a must win. Tom Brady to Gronk at home just makes way too much sense. And that'll probably be a pretty um, nice DFS play, in my opinion, as well. Um, Agreed. Adam Gay said it himself. Records don't really matter until about the sixth week. He, I think he kind of knows what's about to happen. So I'd expect to score something like 28 to 14 in New England's favor. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just looking at, I mean, my, my team too, and like really not the best matchups. So, I mean, they're not terrible matchups either. Some of them are good. Some of them are decent. Some of them are less than okay, but, um, I'm just worried about his team completely just going off. I mean, you got Zeke against Detroit, great Brady Gronk. You got Deshaun Watson, um, just a little worried, but we'll see what, what he does at the, uh, the wide receiver position too. And we'll see what happens. Uh, should be a good, should be a good game though. So. Absolutely. And that chiefs and Denver game that you have a, a share of on Monday night football, that's going to be a barn burner. Yeah. Tyreek Hill. That's going to be, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch and see if he, uh, see if he can blow past Denver's defense here. So. Yeah. Oh, and the Steelers are on prime time again against Baltimore. Yep, that that'll. I think that's actually going to be a lower scoring game just because of the the matchup. Um, let's go ahead and Andres. How about you break down uh, the preview of your your matchup uh, against Nate here? Well, to be honest, Nate, it's nothing personal. I love you, buddy, but honestly, if Cam Newton were on by, I would say win this handily. But unfortunately, my best player is on by this week. He's got Alvin Kamara going up against the Giants, who have very <laughs> mediocre, to say the least, uh, defense. Gio Bernard, I mean, in all likelihood, I've been reading up on Joe Mixon because I have him in my other league. He had a um, you know, very minimally invasive knee procedure done, so they're expecting him to be back around five or six. So Gio Bernard is one of two running backs the Bengals have on their roster right now. So he's going to get all the work. I mean, it's just a perfect storm for him to keep his momentum going. He's 2-1 and one as well. Quincy Nunn was doing awesome. Wolfler, the fifth, just has an amazing deep um, connection with um, Deshaun Watson. Ricky Seals-Jones is kind of meh. Case Keenum can hold – I mean, I don't know. I like my team too. Odell Beckham Jr., on the other hand, has a great matchup with that horrendous, absolutely terrible New, um, New Orleans defense, who I will never root for ever again. Um, AJ Green may or may not be hobbled. We'll see. Matthew Stafford has been playing well since his week one debacle. I mean, it's going to be close, but I'll still give the upper hand to Nate here. I'm a realist. I think he'll win um, probably by like 15 points. I, uh, I'm going to piggyback on that for a minute, Andres. I think your entire matchup um, swinging could swing on Kyle Rudolph and his performance through Cincinnati against the Rams. 
The Rams mm. up to this point have funneled everything to the center of the field, which benefits the tight ends. And if I could see Rudolph going off for like 20, 24 points. And I think if he does that, that you've got this locked because of everything else. I think is so tight, but with the Rams injuries that we talked about previously, if their corners don't play, they could attack them differently. Marcus Peters and Akib Tlaib, yeah, they both got injured. Yep, yep. So we could see that happening. And uh, Stafford, I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of worried about him if if I'm you, because yeah. Look at his last two weeks. Yeah, but look who he's playing. Let's let me pull up his stats. San Fran and New England, those are two terrible secondaries. Dallas is not that much better than New England, to be honest. Dallas is a very mediocre team. They're not terrible. They're not great. Um, I mean, to be honest, I really see the New York Jets game that they had in Week One as a fluke. He's had 24 points uh, week two, 17, which is not terrible, not great. I think this will be just a similar matchup to those second two weeks. I th- I'm predicting about a 20-point game for Matthew Stafford this week. I, if I if we were to do an over-under, I would do um, under 18. Under 18? Okay. I mean, hey, fair enough. What do you think, Mark? Mark? Did Mark drop out? It's uh, it's kind of kind of seeming that way. Well, um, Andres, anything else about this matchup that intrigues you? <sighs> I mean, I'm honestly kind of nervous about Calvin Ridley. I've never been one to chase points, especially with a rookie wide receiver having one big game. But I've been looking up some stats on him. Calvin Ridley already has four touchdowns. That's more than. Uh, Julio Jones has had in the last 24 games. Amazing stat, isn't it? It is. Uh, Julio Jones just can't get in the end. I'm still, I, I know. I'm not feeling great about it, but you know, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. I think Calvin Lee, if anybody followed him in college, he was, an, he was a standout wide receiver at Alabama, put up great stats. Um, he's fast. He's kind of like the opposite of Julio Jones. He's kind of smaller but quicker. Julio Jones has great hands and is a lot bigger. So we'll see what happens. I'm really, if my thing is, if Cal Burnley has a good game, I believe I have a good chance of winning. If not, then it's probably a dud. So that's what I have to say about this matchup. There you go. That's your make or break moment right there. Yep. All right. Um, do you want to keep going until Mark joins back in? Or I don't know if, what you want to do here. Uh, yeah, I will shoot him a text. Let's shoot on to, um, how about, Mark. Yo, yo. There we go. What happened? Well, so I'm at like 3% on my phone. So <laughs> I tried unplugging my headphones, plugging in the charger, and Back. I thought I would be able to pick up my voice without the headphones, but I guess I'd have to have the headphones plugged in for it to register. So I'm, I'm here too, so we can keep going. Nice. Gotcha. Um, well, Say you just want to reset now that we know we're all on the same page. We'll all just disconnect and reconnect so it doesn't seem so discombobulated. Um, I think we're good here, right? Yeah, I'm good. Let's keep going. Did you catch um, our part about my matchup with Nate? Or sh- um, I, I heard good? everything. I just couldn't. Okay. I took out my headphones um, because my phone life is at like 3% here. So that's probably my, the only thing I'm running into. Uh, so I'll probably just... Uh, I'll I'll probably recap one more game and then I'll let you and Derek take it home and just listen in so that the recording continues, um, just for the sake okay. of time because I think we're over over on time as well. 
Um, so it's, it sounded like you guys pretty much got the gist of it. I know you're talking about Calvin Ridley and I agree. I think he's probably going to have another good game. And, um, I like, I like Derek's analysis from Kyle Rudolph there. I think that, you know, if, if that is indeed the case with the Rams defense, you know, Kyle Rudolph could be in for a nice night. Um, on top of everything else with the Minnesota, you know, passing game because of the, you know, injuries to the Rams secondary. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, what's the next matchup? Let's go to uh, the Girly Soy Boys, Jack and uh, Caleb. All right. Let's see here. It keeps reverting back to week three every time I try and pull this up. Uh, but all right. Jack and Caleb. Oh, boy. This is going to be a rough one for him. Yeah. For Caleb. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Looks like he's about to get his first loss. Yeah, Caleb's about to get smacked around here. Um, <laughs> I don't think we really have to spend too much time on this, but just, I mean, we've already talked about how great Jack's team is, and you've got um, the Saints offense against the Giants. I am I am a little concerned about Gurley against Minnesota and Cooks against Minnesota. I think that they're going to try and have a bounce-back game. Um but not enough to make me think that Caleb's going to somehow pull off a win here. So, Yeah, I'm going to call out Jack here real quick. Um, I think this week is going to be uh, about par for him because he's used to taking advantage of uh, people, you know, in trades and uh, taking advantage of a weaker team like Caleb's. This is going to be another week for him. So uh, predicting about a 175 to 120 here for this week. Yep, I agree with that. Um, I next. Next matchup, who else do we got? Um, we have the double champ versus Chris Kuhar. All right, let's take a look at that one here. That should be interesting. It's actually relatively close considering Kuhar doesn't have his full lineup set. And he might not end up having his full lineup set. <laughs> um, that'd be great if Kuhar did have his entire lineup set. That'd be nice. Um if there's a festival this week, he won't. <laughs> Electric Forest, is that happening? Or Something like that. Bonnaroo, Lollapalooza, Coachella. Any of them. He, he Lost, would be any of them. Lost Lands, that's another big one, right? Yeah, that was last yeah. weekend. So. Oh, that happened. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, just looking at this here, like, if Kuhar doesn't update his team, like, that'll it'll go to Denison, but... Looks like Dennison's on the same page as me. He likes on Johnson more than Deion Lewis, Derek. How we were talking about that before. Um, yeah. So, I don't know, man. Me and Dennison both tend to agree that on Johnson's the better play. And yeah, Demarius Thomas, it looks like he's putting him in over Keelan Cole. So, again, when we were talking about that, it looks like he, you know, is in the same thinking that I am there. So, so should be interesting. Should be interesting to see what happens. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm very – oh. Mary's Thomas over Jordan Matthews. I mean, I just don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Andres. I'm curious on the matchup. He has uh, Geronimo Allison over uh, Keelan Cole. I mean, I know Geronimo Allison's had a good game, but he's been doing it on two or three catches. I'm just not seeing the I, – I know what Dennison's seeing here. He's on a productive offense. And um, week two, he did score 12 points with no touchdowns on six or 64. But, I mean, Keelan Cole, 
the guy is the number one on the depleted wide receiver core with Blake Bortles, who's underrated passer. I mean, I don't know. I'm not seeing. Personally, I would start Keelan Cole over Geronimo Allison, but uh, that's just me. Well, we were talking about this a little bit too earlier, and I mean, my argument is that you got Keelan Cole with Blake Bortles, uh, and you just don't like. You don't know which Blake Bortles is going to go ahead and, and show up here. Um, so for me, I I was talking about it before. I said I would probably I would probably have replaced Demarius Thomas over Keelan Cole, um, just because of that. And you know when I look at Keelan Cole's matchup, I mean he's playing the Jets, and the Jets have been a pretty good defense so far. So you know it's not an easy matchup. I mean I could totally see the Jets and the Jaguars being like an like the same exact matchup as the Titans and the the Jaguars last week, like just kind of a low scoring affair and not really a lot whole lot going on there. Sure, fair enough. Anything on your end here, Derek? Uh, not really. Um, I I really think that man, I really think that Kuhar could run away with this one. Uh. <laughs> I, Are you really being serious, like or? Yeah, I am. I, I like. I, 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 I really don't have faith that he's going to set his lineup. So. Okay, okay, okay. If he sets his lineup, I think he'll run away. I'm assuming <laughs> he's going to move Chris Thompson out, but I guess I shouldn't assume that. I don't think you should either. Yeah, um, that's probably true. All right. What else do we have oh, here? I'm at one oh, percent. Yeah, right. So oh, um, Evan Ingram. He saw Evan Ingram in too. That's what I'm saying. Like he's got, oh, you know, God. Thompson and Ingram and slotted in there. So if he doesn't update his lineup, he's not going to win. Yeah, he'll lose. Um, any any other? Did we cover all the matchups? Or I think we have probably got one, one or two more, right? We have Carl and Adam, and then Derek and Lennox. Okay, let's save mine for last. I'm gonna let you guys. I'm gonna let you guys run with these last two and close it out. All right. All right, man. All right, sounds good. Nice talking with you, Mark. Have a good all night. right. All right. All right, Derek. Go ahead. So we're moving to uh, Carl and Adam now. Yes. This. What are you thinking here? Um. Oh, oof. I think this is another thumping. <laughs> I I don't think Carl stands a chance here. Um. Well, you know, keep an eye on the buys here. So um, I think Tackett's best player, Adam's best player, um, besides Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey is on buy. It's interesting to look at his lineup here because I don't think he really has a suitable replacement for him. Austin and Keller, maybe? Yeah, see, I can't see it. Mm. Let me see if I can see his bench. Um, show me the bench. Oh. Oh, wow. No, he does not. There's not really much on the waiver wire, so it'll be interesting to see how he mixes up his team here. At the end of the day, Tackett's team is still much, much better than Carl's, so I think it'll be a close win. I'm gonna say maybe like 140 to 120, closer win, but you know he'll pull it. He'll pull away. What do you think? You know what I uh, I predicted at the beginning of the show before you joined us that Tackett was gonna lose this week no matter who he faces because I think Roethlisberger <laughs> and Mahomes are gonna absolutely fall flat. I think they're both gonna be under 20 <laughs> points. Um, oh man, both of them. In I don't know. And uh, tough defenses. So, this Patrick Mahomes kid, I mean, he, I'm telling you, man, you should believe in him. The kid is a literal genius. He's got all the weapons. 
terrible defense. In terms of fantasy production, I don't see how he's not having the highest scoring campaign ever for a quarterback. Yeah, all rookies run out of steam at some point. It's it's only a matter of time. I guess, I guess so. For all, I think for the rest of the league's sake, I hope you're right. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, and Carl, I mean, he needs to fidget with his lineup because he only has uh, one one quarterback playable this week. So, and Latavius Murray, if Dalvin Cook's in, then you should not use him. Okay, he's got he's got a lot of work to do, but it it could happen. Could happen. I'm putting all my. Carl faith has in a Carl. permanent trade embargo on. Carl has a permanent trade embargo on his team. He will never ever trade with anybody. So, I think what you see with this team is what you're going to get unless he picks him up off the waiver wire. I I do agree with that. I tried to make a trade with Carl um before the season started just for Latavius Murray, and he was not budging, and it didn't really make sense why he wasn't budging, but he wasn't. So, I agree. He does have a trade embargo, much like Tackett. <laughs> So sure. let's uh, let's go ahead and move on then to mine and Lennon's matchup, which I don't think I've set my lineup yet for this week. I don't know. Oh, I threw in just playable people so far. So let's see. Well, it's a battle for the basement here in week four. Um, World Star versus Trophy Hunter. Um, taking a look here, what's a what's a big matchup that is really standing out to you? Um. Jordan Howard against Tampa Bay. That sticks out to me. Um, mm. For I'll go ahead and start on that one. That's because I think this could Fitz Magic could make this a high scoring affair pretty quick. And if that's what happens, I think Jordan Howard immediately is out of the game plan. Um, and James White for New England, I think they're going to be just hammering the Dolphins. And if that's the case, I don't really see him getting a ton of work. He always has some work, but I don't think he'll be super involved. What do you think? Well, um, that Tampa Bay-Chicago matchup is kind of interesting because uh, I think Mitch Titties Trubisky, who I think has the best nickname in the NFL, um, uh, I think he's absolutely um, less than mediocre quarterback. I think he really doesn't know what he's doing. I think the Bears kind of reached for him with the second pick a couple of years ago just because there wasn't anybody else available and they needed a quarterback. But um, if this game turns out to be high scoring like you're predicting, I think this the game plan is going to shift completely away from Jordan Howard in your favor. And he'll probably end up with something like five to seven points unless Fitzpatrick really messes up. Uh, and then they'll run the ball to really put away the game to keep the ball out of Trubisky's right. hands, and then he'll end up to something like 20 points. So, honestly, I, it kind of depends on Brian Fitzpatrick how this game goes for you. Right. Um, a matchup that stands out for me personally, I'm really interested in Kevin Galladay's production. I think he's been kind of rising uh, as a wide receiver since all the way since last year. So um, he's been producing pretty well, especially for Lennon. It'll be interesting to see how he goes up against this uh, Dallas defense, which is if he keeps putting up, you know, 10 plus points games every week, I think he'll be solid wide receiver too. I I agree with you. Um, the, the true test for me is if he can do it again this week against a better secondary. Cause like I said before with Stafford, they haven't had any tough games really thus far. So we'll see if he can do it against a real a real team, a real defense. If he can, then I'm going to start to believe in this guy a little bit more than what I already do. Fair enough. 
Yeah, taking a look at it. I don't know, man. I'm really... Uh, there's so many variables in this matchup between you two guys. I'm really not sure who's going to take it away here. I could see it. It's going to be close. The projections have an interesting... They have London winning, but that's without you having a defense. So it's going to be pretty much tied uh, on game day. It'll be interesting to see who pulls this one out. Yeah, man. I hope I can pull it out because uh, I really don't want that tattoo. So... <laughs> Good luck to you, Lennon, but I hope the worst for your team. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair All enough. Right, anything else about this matchup that uh, you want to talk about? Um, not really. I, I, I think we pretty much hit on all of it. And that was the last matchup for us to look at, correct? Yes, sir. Um, well, I think the, this rounds it up. Do you have any closing comments, Derek? Um, well, I just want to thank you, Andres, for being a member of our show here. I know you had mentioned to me earlier last week about a possible intro-outro that you're working yes, on. It is in the works. Uh, it's actually more work than I thought it was. Um, I'm currently trying to sample some music because I'm looking up copyright laws to make sure we don't get like a takedown notice or anything if this gets any traction. So I'm trying to cover butts while also trying to come up with something good. So. Um, I would say by what's this is week three, right? Yeah, I'd say by week five, we'll have something worked out for us. So, on the copyright ro- rules, I think you're okay on that. Uh, definitely, consult yeah, with Mark. Um, I don't think you'll have to worry about that at all, but definitely, good because yeah, I think it's like less than 30 seconds you can sample music without um getting in trouble, but you know, yeah, that something sounds like that. right. Yeah, so thanks for joining the show, and as always, with believe the listeners our message line is open and that includes you too andres shoot us some messages we love listening to the voicemails and um reacting and hopefully everybody has a decent week no more acl tears um jimmy g you 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 dumb bastard should just gone down (laughs) dumb big beautiful bastard handsome son of a bitch that'll be my closing comment but um from Mark, Andres, and myself, uh, thanks to all of our listeners, and, and good luck in week four. Yep.